Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message. You can find any new episodes that we're putting out. And if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff. Comes out every Thursday. It is free if you want it to be. And you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com. Second, this episode was produced during my time at Our State Magazine. Now, I happen to think that most of it still holds up, but some of the promo codes and websites that I mention may no longer work. Okay, here's the show. It's six o'clock on a gray, drizzling morning, and I'm on a ferry. It's a little, little choppy out there today in the sound. There are only two other cars on board, along with a school bus that's empty except for the driver. Oh, we're off. I Last time I was on a ferry, they blew a horn. Not, not so much this time. I get out, make small talk with the crew. I don't get up this early. And look out the window. It's about a 45-minute ride across the sound from the small town of Currituck on the North Carolina mainland over to Knott's Island. I'm headed there because a while back, when I started asking people about the most remote places in North Carolina, Knott's Island kept coming up. There were only two ways to get there, by ferry or by driving up into Virginia and then down onto a causeway and then over a bridge and then back into North Carolina. The other thing people told me is that Knott's Island doesn't really seem to be close to anything. It's out there, at the edge of North Carolina, all by itself. But, I don't know. The other places I went to for this podcast were obviously remote. A quick recap, I went off the trail deep into the Great Smoky Mountains. I've been almost 2,000 feet above the ground on a television tower, also remote. I've gone into a swamp, found an old shipwreck, went into a hidden cemetery. You get the picture. But not silent? Yeah, it's a long drive. But just because something is far away doesn't make it remote. Also, there are other islands that you can only reach by ferry. Looking at you, Ocracoke. And there are places that are smaller. Not Silent has a population that's close to 3,000, not a lot, but the place isn't deserted. As I'd find out, it's full of interesting people, some of them doing things that I didn't expect in a place like this. One of them had a story that I'm still trying to wrap my head around, and the others, well, they all tried to help me answer a simple question with a complicated answer. Is this a remote place or not? From Our State Magazine, this is Away Message, a podcast about what you find in hard-to-find places. I'm Jeremy Markovich. So, I'm Jane. Hello, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> Once I get off the ferry, I meet Jane Brumley who really functions as the de facto Knott's Island tour guide. She is going to introduce me to a lot of different people. This is your first trip to the island, right? Yeah. Okay, well, this is it. Uh, It's about seven miles long, two miles wide, and it's wide apart. 
So a little bit more about where we are exactly. Knott's Island is in the northeast corner of North Carolina. It sits between the mainland and the Outer Banks. The north side of the island butts up against the state line. In fact, a few people like Jane live on the island, but on a tiny sliver of land that pokes up into Virginia. All right, welcome to Virginia Beach. (laughs) But the bulk of the people here live on the North Carolina side. And as Jane and I drive around, I get an idea of what people here do for a living. The Navy SEAL lives in that house. The Navy SEAL lives in this house. Retired policeman lives in that house. A nurse and her husband works for the city lives in that house. The Beach detective lives there, and he's married to a nurse. <laughs> so that's so it's all it's all nurses and Navy SEALs over here. <laughs> and policemen. And policemen. So basically, if you have some kind of a medical emergency or some sort of law enforcement situation, this is the best possible place to be. Probably. <laughs> yeah. After a few minutes, we make our first stop, the Knott's Island Market. All right. I'll have breakfast. You just usually just leave your key in it? Oh, here, yeah. Yeah? I don't like my house either. This is the only place on the island to get gas or groceries or breakfast, and it's where the old-timers come. To play a game. We play dominoes down here every day. No, a little black. And since it's one of the few businesses here, it's also one of the only gathering places in the morning. Collectively, how long have y'all lived on Knott's Island? I've been 70 years. 70 years? I'm a new one. I've only been here 82. <laughs> so, what do y'all talk about? You said. Uh, no, no politics, but... Women? Women? Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Too old for that. <laughs> Gossip? Don't forget you're recorded, though. <laughs> I said we talk about the women. I didn't say... Okay, did you hear that? I'll play it again. I said we talk about the women. I didn't say... If you didn't catch it, listen to the way that these guys say the word about. Most of them talk about food. Eat. We talk about... Duck hunting, he's talking about good places to eat. He they say it a boot, like the Canadians do. Except some people from the Norfolk area of Virginia say it that way too. Is that just like, like an accent from around here? Or, or now am I, am I picking up on it and like you've never heard this before? We don't have accent like some of the Carolina people do. But uh-huh. They really have the Carolina accent. Like if you go west, they got the same thing. But I hear you say about and it sounds we like a, a boot. Yeah, we do. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and now I don't want you to be conscious of that. <laughs> no, no. So that is a clue that this place may not be as remote as it seems. Because in order to have a Norfolk accent, you have to be close to Norfolk. Even though Knott's Island is really far away from the most populated parts of North Carolina, it's really close to Norfolk. You could be there in 45 minutes. People go there for groceries, to watch a movie, go to the dentist, you name it. In fact, that north part of the island that Jane lives on, technically that lies within the city limits of Virginia Beach. So does this feel more like part of Virginia down here than it does North Carolina, or does it is it just kind of its own thing? You're going to make somebody mad now. Well, yeah, we're pretty much a bedroom community to Virginia. We, you know, we work and make our money in Virginia, but we sleep in North Carolina. So does this feel like a, a remote place? I mean, I know it's home, but does it feel like it's far away or remote? You or? ask some of our kids, they'll tell you it's very remote, but it really <laughs> isn't. And in the eyes of the parents, it's not that remote, but some of the kids think it's really remote. Yeah. And there's a good reason for that. 
how do you get to school every day? I ride the bus um, around. That bus, it leaves, it has to go all the way up into Virginia and around and then down. Yeah. How long does it take? An hour and 30 minutes. What would you rather be doing with that hour and 30 minutes every day? I'd rather sleep. <laughs> that is David Rivera, who is a middle schooler. His older brother Alex is in high school, and he also rides the bus. But his crosses over to the mainland on the ferry. What do you do on the ferry? <sighs> uh, I try to sleep. Missing the bus is really, really bad. I kind of go into panic because, like, I want to go to school, but kind of don't. <laughs> so <laughs> I just run in here and wake my mom up again. Yeah, because you know if you really like, like it's your, if your mom has to take you to school, that's a like that's that's a really big deal. Yeah, really a big deal. David and Alex's mom, Mary Blackmore, knows what her kids are going through because she grew up here too. So I actually rode the ferry six years. It's like a rite of passage for not Islander. It is. It really is. I have no pity on them. (laughs) 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 I did it. (laughs) I get back in the car with Jane, and we head up to the causeway that leads into Virginia. Um, this is the uh, Marsh Road or Causeway. Drive past a campground that's really the only place to spend the night here. I don't get camping. No? I'd rather stay at a hotel. And check out a new neighborhood where waterfront lots are for sale. And they're about a quarter of a million dollars. Oh. <laughs> you and I can split that. Yeah, we'll split it up. Yeah. The population in Knott's Island isn't exploding, but people are moving here. And you know how this plays out. Old timers grumble, the new folks keep coming. But this place seems to have a mix. For every house with a sparkling new tin roof, there's another house with crab pots out back. And for every person who moves here to start a new chapter in their life, there's a Knott's Islander with stories about the way things used to be. Like, for example, Jimmy Waterfield. You either did two things on Knott's Island. I mean, people did. Uh, most people, I'm talking about in the old days. Uh-huh. You either farmed or worked on the water. Jimmy was a commercial fisherman. That is not unusual here. But his backstory, it's one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard. Because while he was working as a crabber, He was also working on getting nearly a dozen college degrees. We'll let him explain it all when we come back. Welcome back. Today we're on Knott's Island and talking to a lot of people about what it's like to live in such a remote place. Or maybe it's not remote. Still trying to figure that out. Anyway, it's just before lunchtime, and Jane and I head to a small house just off of the main highway here. Can you just say your name? Waterfield. Jim Waterfield. Jim Waterfield. Do you go by Jimmy or just Jim? Usually Jimmy, sometimes Jim, either way. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Waterfield's living room is pretty standard, with a few exceptions. There's a grandfather clock. There's a shotgun leaning up against the fireplace. Jimmy was once a hunting guide. But the thing that really catches your eye are all of the college degrees hanging on the walls. So just list, list off all of the degrees that you that you can. Don't you don't want to? No, it's just two. Put, put it, it's 11 of them. 
so now you're 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 here and you got a bunch of degrees on the walls. Uh, well, I was and, autistic and, and I uh -huh. had a photographic memory. So I was more successful as a student than anything else. That's why I spent so much time in college. Mama would keep sending me to college and I must have spent close to 18 years in college. Wow. What degrees do you have? All kinds. And uh, what I'd do is I would finish one and then I'd just start another one. Uh -huh. And I kept this up till I was about 50 years old. Wow. So what, what do you do with all the degrees? Absolutely nothing. Most of the work that I've done is a commercial fisherman, a crabber, and a hall saner over on the beach. Wow. Well, now, Jimmy, you worked in engineering. Well, I did work in engineering for... You school. I have, but I would end up quitting and going back to working on the water. Yeah. So you probably have more degrees than any other commercial fisherman that you've ever heard well, of. Well, probably so. The lady that did the uh, census in 2000 came here because she didn't believe it because I put down all my education, and they didn't believe that. So they sent somebody over here from Curry Talk to find that out. And at that time, the uh, census taker said that I had more degrees than anybody in Fruitville Township, by mm. hands down, including Corolla, the beach. And, yeah. But I mean, what was that? I was working as a crabber at the time. Uh -huh. So it just sounded, when I put down my occupation, it just sounded unbelievable. So they came here and followed up on it. Did you get calls from like people saying like we want to? We know you have a degree or a bunch of degrees. We want to hire you, or was no, it? Nobody would hire me. I didn't really have the social skills to uh, really do anything with the degrees. Yeah. And I had learned how to work on the water, work, work, working with my granddaddy, and that's something that's passed along from how to hang nets, how to tie eel pots, how to hunt, how to do this, and how to do that. That's kind of, you can't go to college for that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I can hang nets from scratch, do most anything as far as on the water. If the arthritis hadn't gotten me so bad. So I learned how to work on the water through my granddaddy and all the old people over here. And so I was able to survive. I did quite well, really. Do you feel like it's becoming more or less isolated or, or remote? Or well, it's not. It's not not with transportation. It's not remote like it used to be at all. The only bad thing that we have here at Knott's Island is irritating to a certain extent. We get no News and Observer. We get nothing. No Elizabeth City paper. No nothing. And so things spring on us. And like we don't really have contact with North Carolina. Everything we have, all the newspapers and media and TV comes out of Virginia, so we don't In fact, for a long time, everyone here had a Virginia Beach mailing address and a Virginia area code. But one time, it was long distance for us to call the courthouse to call the law. Hmm. Wow. We had to pay a fee to call the law, call whatever, Curry Talk. Wow. So, yeah, it's isolated from North Carolina. Yeah. I'm not bad in North Carolina. We just don't know anything about it. Jane and I pull out of Jimmy Waterfield's driveway. And as we drive around, two things dawn on me. One, that everybody that's been here for a while seems to be related. At the Mackey Island Wildlife Refuge. Caught two white perch so far. Yeah. We stop and talk to a guy who's out fishing. Oh, great. What was your name one more time? Jeremy? Jeremy Waterfield. Waterfield? Mm-hmm. You know Jimmy Waterfield? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's one of my uncles. Okay. The other is that people's roots here run deep. In fact, there are a lot of little graveyards with 
maybe less than a dozen headstones right next to houses. Cemetery literally in that person's front yard. Yeah, I have an ancestor in that cemetery too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm just, it's not funny, it's just true. It's just, well, I, well I was gonna say, I'm just going to assume that more often than not, if I see a cemetery, you have an ancestor in it. <laughs> All right, so we, we've established today that if there's a cemetery, you have an ancestor in it. Pretty much. That basically this island is just thick with former law enforcement officers slash military who are married mostly to just nurses. And uh, that everybody has a lot of guns and that they like to shoot them. So that's that's kind of where we are in the running in the running checklist of things that Knott's Island has. That's right. We drive over to the east side of the island. I don't think it's any police back here. How, how very unusual. The really unusual thing, to me anyway, is something that Jane is really excited to show me. So tell me again where we're going now, where we're going to see. We're going to go see the Knott's Island Buddha. Hmm. We pull up to some sort of Zen garden in the middle of a big open field, and there's a tall white statue in the middle of it. You want to go get her? You want to photograph her? Sure. Let's go, let's go see Buddha. It's a complicated statue. On the top of her head, look at that. It's another little Buddha on her head. Oh, there's two Buddhas. The Buddha on the Buddha. Whatever all that means, I cannot tell I you. I don't know. I really, I really am just feeling inept on my world religions right now. So, Jane calls in a ringer. And within a few minutes, a yoga teacher named Mary Mann is here. So this is not Buddha. Uh, it's not a representation of the Buddha, uh-huh. but Buddha means you have become that enlightened being. You've reached that state of okay. enlightenment. So she did. So, okay. so basically she's a Buddha, but it's not what you see as a representation of the Buddha. Like, okay. you know, the big guy with the fat belly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the same kind of in the, in the neighborhood. Do you know what a bodhisattva is? I do not. <laughs> it's a it's a being that has like reached that level where they might not have to reincarnate anymore, but they come back to help the rest of us uh-huh. uh, achieve enlightenment. And so, at this point, she, I am really having a hard time achieving enlightenment about Not Silent because I just cannot seem to get a handle on what it is. It's a place that's really close to the Outer Banks. I mean, you can see the barrier islands across the water. But barely any tourists come here. It's a place with new homes popping up, but grounded in old traditions. And the whole reason why I came here to figure out whether this is a remote place or not, I'm really no closer to figuring out the answer than I was when I got here. So I just flat out start asking people. Do you think it's remote? Not as much as it used to be when I was a girl. It's not so much remote anymore because everybody has cars. I've lived here almost all my life and yes it's remote i would say that it's not remote what do you think makes it remote we're kind of away from the city life i would say like you mentally feel like you're remote do you think Knott's island is a remote place not so much anymore used to be that last voice is beverly gilliam who owns the Knott's island market and she says that some people realize that maybe this is a remote place when they wander in off the road what's the, what's the funniest question that somebody's ever asked where am I? <laughs> I'm serious. And what did you tell him? You're in North Carolina? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yes, you are. And we will show them a map. Seriously, yeah. And, and was that person convinced after you showed, showed the map? Uh, yeah. 
and then they want to know how they get off the island. <laughs> the same way you came. Like, yes. How did, how, did, how did they get here? Like, how did they... They just got on the road and started driving, and they get on the causeway. Um, now, on the causeway, you'll see a lot of people. If you're coming home, you'll see a lot of people. They stop on the causeway. They turn around, and they go back north because your first time across the causeway, it goes forever. And you think, oh my God, the end of the earth. And people get scared, turn around, go back. So like, I don't know where this road's going, but it seems like it's going on for way too long. Yes, and there's water on both sides. There's nowhere to turn around. There's no street lights. There's no stop signs. Yeah, isn't that true? Now it's the late afternoon and Jane and I head over for a drink at the only other gathering place on the island, Pearls which functions as both a beer joint and a marina. But before we get there, I ask her the question that I've already asked everybody so you else. Think, you know, I asked them in there if they felt like that Knott's Island was a remote place. Do you think it's a remote place? No, no, no. not for me. Well, I mean, maybe at one time it was more remote. Now it's so built up. I don't feel like it's, but I'm, just hop in my car and go. So you think, um, you know, just because it's an island that, that you know, it, it, this this place kind of tends to have a, like a, a little bit of an independent streak? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> For the rest of the evening, I hang out with Jane, drinking a few domestic beers, watching the boats roll in from the bay as the sun goes down, talking it up with some of the locals. I'm the only non-islander in the place. And just... Hanging out. Yeah, we're getting ready to do a... I spend the night at a campground, in my tent, in the rain. And the next morning, for the first time, I finally feel like I'm in rhythm with this place. I see David Rivera heading off to middle school. There's my bus. I go for a quiet walk in the wildlife refuge. I take a yoga class inside a small waterfront house with Mary Mann. And I head back over to the market, where, believe it or not, people recognize me. If you're listening, if you catch anybody cheating, let me know, please. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realize maybe my question was all wrong. This is a small place, but you can't really label it. It's full of tradition, but things are changing. It's a hard place for outsiders to find, but... It's a place that a lot of people don't want to leave. It's remote. And it's not. Knott's Island, really, is whatever you make of it. Ready, boy. What you gonna do for me? I don't know, man. I don't know what I wanted. 15, 15, 26. Next week on Away Message, we head from the northeastern corner of North Carolina to the westernmost point in the entire state. This is all Georgia to the right. And North Carolina and Tennessee corners here. And we meet some people who can't seem to figure out what state they're in. What do you want to know? What do I want to know? I want to know where it is. State line? Yeah. I can't figure out exactly where the, where the line I, is. I, I, I'm like you. I'm like lost on that. 
I learned how remote places gave North Carolina its unusual shape and how that shape is changing, even today. That's coming up in our next episode. I'll be older Maybe living somewhere colder Getting used to pavement under feet These will be our good old days All the scenes that we replay Before we scattered in the breeze Away Messages produced, written, and edited by me, Jeremy Markovich. Our digital manager is Andy Busum, our music coordinator is Rosalie Catanoso, and our editor-in-chief is Elizabeth Hudson. Our theme song is by The Collection, our closing song is Carolina Calling by Mipso from Chapel Hill, a band that, ah, you know, I think they're about to make it big. Additional music by Lee Rosefear. A big thank you this week to Jane Brumley and everybody on Knott's Island who took the time to talk to me and show me around during my visit. Thank you all for your hospitality. Must be Carolina calling me. This podcast is a production of Our State Magazine, celebrating North Carolina for more than 80 years. Head over to rstate.com and click on subscribe. There we are offering a trial subscription, three issues for five bucks. It is a great way to get to know us. And one more thing, not Islanders have their own special accent. And as it turns out, so do I. You know I'm a Yankee, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Uh, I mean, I'm not fooling anybody with my with my accent, so. Yeah, you're not gonna fool anybody. No. We're heading back out to another remote part of North Carolina. We'll see you again right here next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>